0: It's Friday, June 25th. I'm Rudy. One day, as a nice gesture, I bought my parents a new garage door. Because one night, in a drunk gesture, I drove through the old one. Let's take a long walk to Cleveland. Yeah, what's happening everybody? I am Rudy Povich. This is a long walk to Cleveland. Thank you so much for joining us. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher. Every single day we go live on Instagram, which is at Rudy underscore Povich. Today on the show, talk a little bit about Conan O'Brien, but first, gotta say what up to some people. What's up, Alina? Hello, Mira. Hi, Haley. What's up, Hutch? Uh, Amanda, good to see you, everybody. Uh, a couple of quick things. Number one, uh, live shows. So I'm going to be out tomorrow night, Camp Bar downtown St. Paul, with my good friend Shannon Paul and Shiloh Blake. Uh, show starts 8 p.m. Also Wednesday, Sisyphus Brewing for Punch uh, Punchline Punchout. I knew I was going to flip those two, but Punchline Punchout, uh, 7 p.m., ten bucks. Well worth it. Three amazing comedians, and then six. Also good comedians who have to present brand new material that has never been put up on its feet before. So, even if it sucks, it's still pretty good. (laughs) I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who loves to watch, you know, people fucking bomb every once in a while. Uh, Also, tonight is the big Z-Fest Awards Gala over at the Radisson Blue Mall of America. The film I uh, wrote and produced with uh, my good buddy Chuck Struck, Raising a Daughter, is up for best WTF moment. Today we premiered that thing on both Instagram and on Facebook, so if you're looking for seven minutes of a passion project, that's where you can find it. Just at Rudy underscore Pavich. I believe that's both of them, Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, award show is tonight, and uh, looking forward to it. Taking my daughter, who was a part of our Raising a Daughter short that we produced. Really enjoyed uh, the cast and crew. Everybody was great. I'm just, I'm super excited about it because last year we won for best fight sequence. It'd be nice to be able to go two years in a row, you know. But like they always say, they just people people go. It's just nice to be nominated. No bullshit. I want a fucking plaque on the wall. Work hard at this shit. God damn it. <laughs> like there was an award show I once saw where Bruno Mars uh had lost and he faked being mad right like they got the camera on him because he was about to go out on stage and then he faked being angry about it and i was like that should be the reaction nobody wants to sit and watch people who lose graciously clap while on the inside they're seething shit no i want to see helen mirren kick a you know uh, kick a bouncer outside of the chinese theater that's what i want that's what everybody wants. Nobody wants to see people lose graciously. We all want to watch them throw tantrums. Hello, Char. Uh, Olina, I know what I'll be watching later. Well, thank you very much. It's short. It's only, I think it's just under five minutes is the uh, entire short. That is the one nice thing about all of these, these shorts is that when you are um, in the, I, guess, I don't want to say film industry, but when you do a lot of video work and you do a lot of film work, a lot of times... To be able to put bread on the table, you got to go out and shoot a commercial for a used car lot. And does it suck? Fuck yeah. It's awful. But twice a year you get to get together with your buddies and uh, you guys decide to do a passion project and work on something for uh, a couple of days. And it makes it all worthwhile. It makes it all worth you know, having to go out and shoot you know, like I said, people's used car lot Commercials, or if you got to edit something for somebody's new business, or you're putting together graphics for, you know, maybe a politician that you think is a little scrupulous with the morals, and you're like, eh, you know what, a paycheck's a paycheck. Ask anybody who does voiceover. There are a lot of times where agents will call. This has happened many times, and I've made no bones about it. I will get, you know, emails from a couple of my agents, and they'll go, dude, uh, can you voice this over for such and such? He's a such and such politician. Because uh, I don't want I I, I to be a pussy about it, but I hate when people are like, oh, Republican, Democrat. Because then I, once you start going down that route, everybody, most people know my views. Like I'm financially conservative and I'm socially liberal. Who gives a shit if gay people want to get married? Christ. Why should we care? doesn't affect me. It's not like my lawn dies because a couple of dudes want to make out and sleep next to one another. Why should you care? Knock it off. But, uh, but I'll take a paycheck. I'll totally take a paycheck. I once cut a commercial for a politician and in the copy, when they sent it to me, said something about the, the, the effect of, uh, and it was, it was so silly. It was so dumb. And it said something like, could you, uh, could you ever imagine, uh, you know, the great city of, Fucking Poughkeepsie (laughs) with a city councilwoman who would allow her daughter to wear this. And then it had like a picture of her daughter who was like, I don't know, 23 at a dance club. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what 23 year olds do. It'd be different if the girl was like 11. And she was walking around with thigh highs on. Yeah, maybe you do have something against it. But when your daughter's 23, she's making her own decisions. That's an adult. Why should any of us care? But they were like, hey, it's uh, 500 bucks for a 30-second spot. And you're like, fucking hand her over. I'll read that. I don't give a shit. Whatever. I don't like when people have to, like, take your politics out of it, dude, and just do the work. Whatever it might be, just do the work. There's a couple of times I've had to draw the line when it's like people who are, you know, and, like super anti-abortion. And I'm like, no, man, I'm not going to read that stuff for you because you're only paying me $75 for 60 seconds. Now you want to up that, I will definitely go against my better judgment. and uh, <laughs> But it's true, man. Leave your politics at the door and just go do your thing, right? Christ, I already feel like we're into one rant for the road and we haven't even started yet. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about uh, Conan O'Brien. He had his last show. Well, I guess last show. Can we call it last show? I don't know. He's had like nine last shows, but this was last night on his TBS last show. My advice to anyone watching right now, and it's not easy to do. It is not easy to do. It's not easy to do. But try and do what you love with people you love. And if you can manage that, it's the definition of heaven on earth. I swear to God, it really is. So good night. Thank you very much. Uh, he kept it nice and short. And he's right, though. He's 1,000% correct. If you can find the thing in life that you really enjoy to do, whether regardless if it makes you money or not, that is truly how you become free. It's not you work and save and save and save and then eventually move on from whatever that job might be. Back in the day, we used to, our parents... Would go to work at the post office and they'd sit on their ass for 30 years sorting mail. And then at the end of it, they got a gold watch and would go collect Social Security at 65. And then that was that. People are resetting their lives at 50 nowadays. So why not go and find that thing that makes you happy? We all kind of get, we have that feeling at, you know, at 23 where we're like, shit, we gotta go do this thing because I gotta get a house, I gotta get a car, I gotta be able to make some money, I gotta sock these things away. You ain't gotta do shit nowadays. You don't need to go out and like build families. You don't need to go out and do any of that stuff. One of my best friends, Adrian, him and his wife, Stacy, have vowed that they will never have children. And their parents are devastated by it. I was like, well, have you guys seen what shit show we'd be bringing kids into? Plus, we like to travel. And I don't like to work that much. That's a good life. I look at comedians that I hang out with and I'm like, you guys should never make babies. Ever, 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 ever. And they're like, well, you hang out with us, and you made babies. I'm like, yeah, but I also wake up at 3.30 and go bust my ass all day so that I can afford to be able to come and do all these things, and the person that I brought into the planet has everything that she needs. Let's say to some hottest people. What's up, Boopty? What's up, Nick? How are you, buddy? Haven't seen you in a while. What's up, Bengali? Bengali, Bengali, Bengali. That is an old Dean Martin joke. Bengali, who's like 15, would not understand that joke. <laughs> What's up, Reedy? How are you guys? Good to see you on the uh, Instagram Live. But He's right, though. 1,000%. Regardless if it makes you cash or not, find that one thing that you'd really love to do. Now, if your thing is like, hey, if you want a boat that's, you know, $75,000 and a camper and all that shit, dude, by all means, go out and work a job that will afford you to go and do that. But if you're just cool, just living, you know, if you think about it, the Earth gave us everything we needed to be able to stay alive. It gives us food, it gives us water, it gives us sun. It goes. The sun goes down at night and thus telling our bodies that we should probably go to sleep. It gave us everything that we need. We're the big dum-dums that went out and got credit cards and banks and jobs and all that bullshit. We started that. Uh, Mira, I agree, you can keep all that have kids when you're young bullshit to yourself. The best time to have kids is like on the cusp, on the cusp of... Because after a certain point, there's complications, and you are kind of rolling the dice with health with your children if you're having kids past the age of, like, 36. I, I, now, forgive me, I'm sure it's, maybe it's older by now because of the way we're living. Maybe it is 40. But right on the cusp of that, that line where your kids are still going to be safe, or just have them when you're 15. Because everybody looked at my cousin, Rianne, when she got knocked up at, fi- at 14 and went, oh, oh, your life is over. Oh, oh. And now look at her, lives in a mansion on a lake. Her kids were kids were gone when she was like 32, living it up, got a great job, super smart, got her shit together. Wasn't the end of the world. She can go out and enjoy. The hardest part is when you're like right in that like 33 age, because now, you know, shit, you're going to be 51 when them kids are graduating. Nobody wants a 51 year old dad when you graduate. Lame, super Lame. I had my kid when I was, I think, I think Cammie got pregnant when she was, when we were 26, and then Kinley popped out at 27. I think that was how it worked. Somewhere in there. But that was like a good range, man. That's a good range. So I think I'll be just about 40, I think we did the math, I think I'll be like 44 and a half when Kinley graduates from high school. That's young, man. That's young. That's not bad, right? Well, if I'm doing the math, let's see, maybe 45 and a half. But still, that's... You know, not a spring chicken, dude, but you ain't, you ain't, you know, getting the black balloon that says over the hill quite yet. So I would say go for it. Wait, enjoy, have fun, or don't have them at all. Jesus Christ, there's enough people on the planet. Luckily, we got one guy on the planet who goes by the name of Will Farrell, and he completely roasted uh, Conan O'Brien on his last show last night. And he makes some good points here. Thank you, Will. You've always been such an amazing friend to my show. Yes, about that. Um, you know, I was there for your final late night show and your last Tonight Show episode, and, and now this one. Yeah, that's true. It's kind of become a tradition. I'll tell you what it is. It's exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I just pre-tape a, a few goodbyes and, uh, and you can just use them whenever your next several shows flame out? <laughs> Congratulations on an outstanding run on your HBO Max show. Some people would say six <laughs> episodes isn't a lot, but you packed enough entertainment in them for eight episodes. That's great. it's It's me, Will. And I, I just wanted to say we all deeply miss your late night talk show on Al Jazeera Network. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing I've been watching on social media. All these comedians and all these actors, and everybody's had an opportunity to be on his show or posting all their great moments with Conan O'Brien. Where the hell were you guys the last two years? Because he hasn't had on, like, A-list guests. He hasn't been doing, like, as much of a show as he used to do on NBC. It's almost like when a restaurant in town closes, and then everybody goes, Oh, my God, it was my They made the best tuna on rye. It's amazing. It's my favorite tuna. Well, then why didn't you walk down there and get a sandwich every once in a while? Maybe they wouldn't be closing shop if you decided to throw a couple bucks their way. We're doing the same thing with Conan O'Brien. Oh, Conan O'Brien, just a menschy guy. One of the best talk shows ever. That guy inspired me to do comedy. He inspired me to be an actor. He inspired me to be a writer because of all of his work on The Simpsons. That monorail episode is lights out, though. Everybody's going to bat for him. And it's like, well, where the fuck were you guys the last two years? Maybe you should have stepped up, offered a spot on a Thursday night when he didn't have anybody. You know, Tom Cruise, guys who were... Seth Rogen was on the well, was it second to last show. He was like, well, Seth, you could have stopped by a little bit more. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't be canceling the show on TBS. That's tough, though. That late night on, a, on a cable, that would be tough. And plus, with how many choices... And Conan's so good when it comes to just the three-minute snippet that they put on his social media. Why why continue to do a show like that? Why keep pumping money into it? I mean, it's nice to say that you went and saw Conan O'Brien, or maybe you saw him when he did The Tonight Show at the height of his powers, but... I don't know, I I think about all these people that are just like, Oh my God, Conan O'Brien, he sculpted me, he shaped me he didn't if he did you'd been there a little bit more often see all these restaurants in town that get shut down and people go bananas for it oh my god i used to go there when i was a boy my dad would bring me down we would split milkshakes and he would order slices of pizza it's my favorite restaurant well then i don't know show up every once in a while you know maybe once a month swing on by and tip 20 percent you ever think about that It's frustrating to watch this It feels fake, it feels so fake You know Like when people pass away and they She was like my best friend You haven't talked to her in months, you know You haven't said hi, like what is up Jesus All right, let's do this And now it's time for One rant for the road I feel angry, angry at you Angry at you for doing something Stupid, every Friday you throw out A topic and get a rant On the spot Oh, I feel like we're already there. But all right, let's spin the wheel. Oh, all right. This one's going to be easy. This one is dad. All right, dad. Or just dads in general. Uh, dads, first off, uh, I had a friend of mine just the other night get up at an open mic and basically drop a couple of jokes and then tell everybody that him and his wife are having a baby. I well, and Let me rephrase that. Girlfriend are having a baby. And then he, uh, I see him on the next night at a uh, at a show, and I'm like, I just kind of like you know privately, I didn't announce it or anything. I was just like, hey, by the way, man, that's a big congratulations to you. And he goes, for what? And I was like, for making life, for having a baby. And he's like, ooh, hey, by the way, can you just bring that down a little bit because I was not supposed to say anything. I said, oh. Oh, my God, like, how far are you guys? He's like, "Eh, we just got the test back yesterday morning, and I was up on stage talking about it last night. I was like, okay, yeah, Jesus Christ, what are you doing, (laughs) dum-dum? First off, you're already making terrible decisions as a dad. Everybody knows first trimester. You keep your mouth shut first trimester. There's nothing worse than when somebody goes, hey, you guys ain't going to believe it. We're having a baby. And you're like, hey, congratulations. And you're like, "When you doing? And they go, well, we're having a baby in April. And you go, that's amazing. Oh, my God. And you start doing the math and you back it up and you're like, that is like eight months and three weeks away. Ooh. I don't know. Maybe you guys should have waited a little while. Like give us until like October to tell us because there are terrible things that can happen between now and then. And then you have to retract that statement. Then you have to go back and tell somebody, oh, by the way, that baby that we made, yeah, that's not happening now. And you're like, well, what the, Jesus Christ. So, hey, bud, how about don't tell me that you're going to be a dad when you're not going to be a dad. And if you're going to be making decisions like that, maybe sit down and read a book every once in a while. The thing about dads are, first off, our brains are, especially when it comes to first babies, our brains do not acclimate to being dads until well after that baby is born. We still do the same shit. That we did before we had kids. We still stay out too late. We're still super selfish. We still make terrible financial decisions. It takes like six months for our brains to acclimate to like really because there is a chemical change that goes on. If you look at all of the uh, all the crime that happens in America, it is like males between the ages of like 16 and 29 and if you were to just get rid of all the males, regardless of race or color or financial you know, status, whatever, you get rid of all the males between that, crime would plummet like 98%. And the reason why it goes down is because those guys finally start making babies, and there's a chemical change in their brains that calms them down. Because your job as a parent, as a man, is to go out and spread your seed. And then once you do that, your brain goes, okay, now that we've done that part of our job, now we need to calm down and stay alive to be able to protect this thing. So all the crime goes away. And guys who have multiple babies... That's where you really start to like see the drop. You might, because there are guys that go to prison with, you know, maybe a kid, maybe two, but once they get that one or two in them, it drops. The problem with, you know, the crime going down is that you're also taking away a lot of drive because now dudes have to stay home. You're not chemically, your brain is like, dude, you have to stick around. But it takes a while. It's not just like instant. It's not like all of a sudden you make a baby and you're just a changed guy. It takes a while. So, If we can get that information out there like, hey, guy, uh, I know you just had a baby and you want to go around, go to the bar that night and uh, have a couple of whiskeys and some cigars and celebrate with everybody, not the best way to celebrate. You need to stay your ass home because guys don't quite grasp onto that yet. The The concept of responsibility does not happen until like six months in. And even the most responsible of guys still have a hard time acclimating after that first kid. And it's all science. It's 1,000% all science. i got to say hi to some people real quick. Hi, Crystal. Thank you so much for saying hi. Hello, Tracy. What's going on? Trevor, what's up, buddy? Jamie, Bellamy, Jack. Nice to see everybody. But really, it's true. Uh, you have these guys that go out and make far too many babies uh, at, a, uh, at a young age, and then really that chemical switch never happens. And they, they really do need to have somebody or something terrible happen Have somebody come to them and say, dude, you got, you got, this is how it has to be. You got to throw down, man. You know, my mom was smart enough after like watching my dad raise us for two years. And when I say raise, I mean like, you know, throw some crackers on the floor and leave us in dirty diapers all day. But she was smart enough to go, Hey, you got to choose, man. It's either drugs or kids. You can't have both because this is not going to work. And he was like, all right, fucking I'm out. And he made that choice. Now you have to go back and, and deal with all those choices that you made when you were young, and it, it sucks as like a, as, a, as a young dad. It, it, that must be terrible. That's why I'm saying it. Like 27 it's like the perfect age. Boom, pop them kids out, or do it super young or super old. You know. But it, I don't know. I, I look at dads nowadays, and the fear that they used to instill. Into us kids. There was a kid, Eugene Coscolo, who lived down the street from us. And there was a kid out, it was in our neighborhood, and that kid's name was Nick. And Nick came into Eugene's driveway. It was like a nice concrete driveway. And Nick skidded his tire. And it left a little tiny black tire mark, maybe about three inches long. And Eugene's old man came out there, and he looked down at that, that little skid mark, and he went, Who made this? And we all stopped for a second. And somebody pointed over at Nick, and Eugene's dad looked at him and he said, I never want to see you or your bike ever again. And I was like, holy shit, you are going to get buried in his backyard. He is going to dig a six-foot hole and bury you in it. That was fear. That was you, We were so goddamn afraid of our parents. And nowadays, dads are your best friends. Nowadays, they take you to the titty bar. They take you on vacations. They bail you out. You, you fuck up at school. Like, just parents just come and they're like, not my kid. My kid's great. You're, you're the problem, principal. You're the problem, teachers. We need dads to be dads again. I like the fact, don't get me wrong, my daughter and I have a great relationship, but I like the fact that there are times where I find out information from my sister or my, my daughter's mom, and they're like, mm, she was afraid to tell you. That means you're doing a good job. You're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. When your kids are just a little afraid of you. When they're just, they're cool and you have a good time together, but just a smidge. Smidge of fear. Christ, some of my daughter's friends show up to the house. They open up my fridge. They look inside, shut it, and then turn to me and go, you don't have any food. I don't know. Maybe go back to your home where the people who provide for you provide the food and go eat it yourself, you snotty little bitch. Get out of here. But you can't say that. People get all butthurt about it. Oh, my God. Heaven forbid if you actually discipline my kid. Feels ridiculous. Ridiculous. But seriously, a little bit of fear goes a long way with children. They really do. They respond well to it. I don't like the fact, I think I've told this story before where uh, I've allowed my daughter to just, whatever she wants to say, whatever she wants to listen to, whatever show she wants to watch, I'm like, go for it. Just go for it. I don't think it's going to make a big difference because you listen to a song and they say pussy. What's the difference? I don't think it's going to make a difference if you watch a television show and they they reference a blowjob or they show a guy, you know, gets shot in the chest. I don't think that's going to make a big difference. What makes a big difference is how you treat your kids and what you say to them and the things that can really screw them up. And in one breath, I had a relative one time yelling at one of the grandkids, hey, uh, While I think we were listening to like Ice Cube or NWA in the boat or something like that. It was pulled up to the dock and the kids were running around the yard and, uh, This one relative said, hey, you get your ass up to that cabin or I'm going to give you a licking. And then turned around, looked at me and went, hey, can you do me a favor and turn the radio down? Because the kids don't need to be hearing that. I was like, well, maybe they don't need to hear an adult say they're going to beat the shit out of them. There's a huge difference. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, come on, a little bit of fear, but let's not like, I've never threatened my kids. I say kids. I've never threatened my daughter with like physical... You know consequences because that's ridiculous. And what an awful way to parent. You know, can you imagine being that age and having to look at the person who made you, the person you provide, uh, or the person that you depend on for providing food and shelter and clothing, and then being like, "Oh, that person also beats the shit out of me." It'd be a weird sort of dichotomy, wouldn't it? You'd look at that person and go, "I don't get you. You give me all this stuff, but then you also just you you spank my butt. Like what?" I don't know. I don't feel like it's the right way to parent. I feel like there's better way to instill fear. Emotional abuse is much better, right? <laughs> it's much easier, anyway. Now, it's... Uh, but listen, uh, I do wish uh, my buddy who told everybody that he is having a baby and shouldn't have... Uh, I wish him the best. I hope he starts making better decisions, you know? I really do. But yeah, there you go. There's... There's my rant on dads. It's been a ranty, ranty long walk to Cleveland today. So uh, let's see. Jamie says, yeah, fucking accurate. I love my kids, but yeah, no, they can be kind of dicks. I've said it a million times. I love my child. I hate being a parent. The parents are the worst. The worst. Uh, let's see. Hoopty says, you were at my 4th of July party when my dad showed up and everybody ran because he had a gun on his hip. (laughs) Your old man's a one of a kind, my man. (laughs) Those were some fun parties. Those were, that was some good times, man. Oh, we could do, we could do podcasts just reminiscing about all the old stupid things we used to do out at Side Lake. All the pit parties and jumping over fires and people showing up with kegs and running through the woods and us being at Nicole Polcher's cabin and then the cops showing up and me hiding under a uh, in a doghouse hiding from the cops and yeah man that was uh, those were good times make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts on Spotify on Stitcher and every single day around 9:45 a.m. central time we go live on Instagram I am Rudy Povich thank you so much for taking a long walk to Cleveland <laughs>